RadioInfluence.com. This week on Crush Performance, when we look at the wins column, just how powerful is the influence of team chemistry? Can you create team chemistry and can you maintain it over the course of your season? You might be surprised. Today on Crush Performance, we dive back into our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance to boost your chances of landing in the winning column. We have a lot to discuss here, so let's get to it. Listen to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. And welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Hey, if you want to reach out to us, check out the new website, jeffcrushell.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on all other social media platforms, search out Crush Performance. Today, a really big show as we dive back into our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance. This will be episode number five in the series. You can find all of the episodes on the website, jeffcrushell.com. Also, our archives are there. 16 years of crush performance and just incredible conversations from the world of sport and sport performance. Well, today is going to be no exception. We're going to be joined by crush favorite Andre Lachance, formerly of Baseball Canada, one of the thought brokers and thought leaders in long-term athlete development. Andre has left Baseball Canada to take on his brand new role as the director of human performance services for Cirque Soleil. This is a crazy world of human performance. If you've ever been to a show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're not sure what Cirque Soleil is all about, go to the website or check out our social media. We're posting a little video. I think that really shows what this insane world of Cirque Soleil is all about. It is incredible feats of human performance. Absolutely incredible. We're going to talk to Andre about that world and how they're going to go about managing those performers a little bit better. These are truly some of the most high-performing athletes in the world. And the number of shows, the number of times they have to perform in a year is staggering. Be prepared to be blown away. You know, we often talk about Major League Baseball as being one of the most grueling schedules in all of professional sport. Well, I'm telling you right now, whew, uh, I we're going to adjust our entire perspective of what a crazy schedule looks like today when we talk to Andre. And we're also going to talk about his new book, Team Chemistry, 30 Elements for Coaches to Foster Cohesion, Strength and Communication Skills, and Create a Healthy Sport Culture. That is right up our alley as we look at organizational and team performance here over the course of 2022. Next week, we're going to talk to one of the most prolific MLB executives ever to be involved in the game. Dan Duquette will join us to talk about his new consulting firm and all of his experiences leading the helm of some of the most iconic baseball organizations. It's going to be a fantastic discussion, especially as the Major League Baseball season gets underway. There's a lot to talk about there. I'm excited about today's conversation, but just look where we're at in sport. It's spring. Again, I think I think we can honestly nail this down. I, I know I say this all the time and everybody who follows and listens to the show, you're going to curse me for this once again, but this is truly maybe my favorite time of the year. I probably say this midsummer, fall, midwinter here and during the spring for sure. But I'm telling you, this is no question. One of my favorite times. There is a lot going on. Listen, we just rolled off the masters. 
We've got professional tennis kicking off. We've got, you know, the NCAA, the hockey tournaments, March Madness just just wrapped up. We have got Major League Baseball underway. The rumblings of the NFL draft are starting to happen right now. But most importantly, the NBA playoffs have begun and the NHL playoffs are just a couple weeks away. And I'm telling you, in the NHL, if you follow it at all, we're seeing NHL playoff hockey for the last three weeks leading up to the season. It is just an absolute rumble on the ice as those teams get set to, you know, solidify their postseason spots. And there's a lot going on in that league. It is so fun to watch. But the NBA playoffs are underway. And, you know, we watch professional sports, as you know, to kind of figure out what's going on in the world of sport and high performance sport. There's a trickle down effect. We often say, if you want to kind of figure out what to do, look to professional sports. <laughs> we, all, we often say on the on the flip side of that, if you want to find out what not to do, look to professional sports because some of the stuff that goes on up there from an organizational standpoint, and certainly from an individual player standpoint, not always the best, right? Not always the best things going on in professional sport. But when it comes to strategizing success and winning, it is certainly a great focal point. And that's what we do here on the show at the start of every season, just like we did with Major League Baseball here a, a few weeks back. We look at the teams, the players, and the storylines we're going to watch over the course of the season. If we go back to the start of the NBA season, we had what I thought was a real solid lineup of teams, players, and storylines to watch this season. Well, now that the playoffs are here, the season is over. How did we do? Well, I think we're batting a thousand here, almost a thousand. Look at the teams. We were watching the Lakers, of course, to see if they could keep rolling into this dynasty postseason madness. Well, they didn't quite make it. So um, they were fun to watch this season and we'll hopefully learn some things from them as they adjust this offseason. What went wrong inside the Lakers this year? We were watching the Raptors after such an incredible run and, of course, their first NBA championship. We're seeing how they're rolling out that post-championship and through a very turbulent offseason and into a turbulent, what turned out to be a very turbulent up and down season, they have made the postseason once again. Will they be able to drive it to the end? And then, of course, the Golden State Warriors. We're watching these guys almost on a yearly basis now because they always seem to be there. They're like the L.A. Dodgers. They're like the old Atlanta Braves of Major League Baseball, just always in the postseason. But can they get it done? Here's what we say. You know, you could probably look at the odds in the postseason and have an idea of, of who, who might have a better chance of actually taking home the championship. But, but I, I would take those odds with a grain of salt because you just cannot predict what's going to happen once the postseason begins. We see it in every sport, time after time after time. Yes, there's the heavy favorites. And if a team has been rolling all year, this isn't the case this year in the NBA. The Raptors have a big chance, a serious chance. Golden State Warriors have a serious chance, but the Brooklyn Nets were our number one team to watch in the NBA this year. Steve Nash is a big part of that. And of course, the players they added to that organization this last year, could they actually make the run and, and be the team we hope they could be? Well, they're there. It wasn't as smooth as we thought it might be, but they're there and you know they've got a chance as well. In terms of the players, we were watching Kyle Lowry as he moved on from the Raptors to the Miami Heat. And he's actually had a pretty darn good season. It was fun to watch him have some success in that incredible transition. You know, I don't know if he really wanted to leave 
Toronto, if you guys have a better idea on this, you know, uh, and have a better idea of, of what that what that was all about, whether it was organizational or whether he wanted to leave. I never really got a feel for that. But watching him leave Toronto, where he'd been for all of his career, and helping that organization become great, to leave now, it just, man, why? Why? I don't understand it. And I know there's some front office turbulation there as well, but the Raptors are in a good place. So I was surprised to see Kyle Lowry moving on. But here he is again in the playoffs with Miami Heat. I think he was a big part of that push as well. And then I think our number one player to watch here over the last couple of seasons, since he was drafted first overall by the Pelicans, Zion Williamson. A big, giant kid with incredible next-generation type talent. The owners and the the coaching staff and the GM of the organization are saying this is... This is going to be the savior. He's going to be the savior of the organization. A lot of pressure for a young kid, right? I think they handled it pretty good. But to go out, you know, in public, in the media and say, hey, this is going to be Zion Williamson is this draft pick is going to be the savior of our organization. Man, those are powerful words. It takes me back to the Sidney Crosby days and watching how the Pittsburgh Penguins really, really handled Sidney with kid gloves, like just awesome, really well done. Mario Lemieux took Sydney under his wing and just set him up for what he was heading into. And here's Sydney, just one of the dominating players of this generation. The Penguins really, I think, wrote the book on how to set your stars up for success and then surround them with an unbelievable cast who the star player or star players can make stars as well because nobody does it alone. Zion Williamson, of course, you know, kind of prone to injury. That was the big uh, worry in his first year. There was a few injuries there. But watching him play this year was one of our number one players to watch. And and there they are. They're, they're in the playoffs. So is he the savior of that organization? Well, we're watching with great interest. And this is the reason we love watching professional sports. There's so much to learn from the successes, so much to learn from the failures and to see how these teams react overall from an organizational standpoint, from ownership and payroll, right down to the trades, to maintaining veteran staff. It's really, really enlightening. And that's what we're all about here in Crush Performance, sort of cracking the code, cracking that nut, getting behind the scenes to figure out what we can do help everybody be a little more successful. And there's a lot to learn here. This time of year, oh my goodness, so great. Even if it's just from the learning standpoint. Think of everything we've learned here over the last couple of years. Last year, our two major themes, talent and talent ID and the crush brain game. We had to double those down because we're really trying to solidify our personal crush hierarchy for player development and player performance. And it has changed for the first time in 10 years. We've added in the brain game as one of the top priorities for setting our athletes up for success, regardless of what level they're at. They could be 10-year veterans of a professional sport, or they could just be cracking into um, a varsity team in high school. It doesn't matter. We could be talking junior high school, grade school. You could be talking about grassroots Little League Baseball. These things can be applied you know, relatively speaking, you know, depending on who you're working with, these ideas and concepts can be applied from grassroots right up to the pros. But we have now five major priorities that should be addressed before we even talk about hockey sticks or skis or bats, balls or gloves or or court shoes, right? And they are sleep, rest and recovery. Without question, our top priority. Nutrition, hydration, 
posture, range of motion, the setup of the body to make sure our athletes can be successful, really prosper and be healthy throughout the course of their development and their competitive seasons. And then four, teach movement. Because if our players aren't accomplished movers, they're going to be very, very limited in what they can do in the court. Even if they're some of the best players in the world. It's kind of like if you've ever played poker, you know, guys have their certain moves, their certain tells. They only play a certain way. They'll only play if they have pocket aces. You know, guys like that will never bluff. And if they do bluff, well, that's, that's how you can really dominate a poker, right? But if you look at all the analytics that we have in, in sport right now, we know a player's tendencies. If we can break away from those tendencies, if we can create opportunity outside of the player's true core tendencies, oh my goodness. Now, the younger we start that, <laughs> the, the more potential we create. We raise that ceiling of potential, right? But if our athletes aren't very, very accomplished movers, even outside of sport, we're kind of limited. And then the fifth priority is the crush brain game. And we're still trying to define that monster. And we're also trying to rank it. Where does it rank in those top five priorities? Is it number one? Does it come after sleep and recovery and planning recovery? Or is it the first ever crush rover? Maybe individual by individual, player by player, it has its own hierarchy. If a player needs that stuff, if there's if there's markers or concerns that we need to address right off the bat, let's get that done. Let's take care of that. And that, that makes that brain game and everything that it entails the number one priority. But for players that have it kind of together, maybe it's strategically down the line, there's things we can address to really help them prosper in their development. Then it might be third, fourth, or maybe even fifth, right? So we're still trying to define that. We will have that answer by the end of this year. And conversations like this, the conversation today and the crush, theme of 2022 organizational and team performance is really going to help us decide because when it comes to organizational and team performance, what is the common denominator? What is the lowest common denominator? What does it all come down to? The individual performers inside the organization, right? Leadership has to sort of set the role, the expectations and sort of guide, point the direction of the ship. The coaches have to kind of take the, 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 the moving parts and put them together and help them prosper and grow and perform on a daily basis. But it's the players themselves that have to get it done, right? And the more they can understand what it truly takes, I believe the better shot they have at truly, truly finding out what their potential is. And these conversations are going to be important. Today's conversation is going to be really important. Coming up right after this break, we're going to talk with Crush Favorite. Mr. Andre Lachance. He is the new Director of Human Performance Services for Cirque Soleil. Spent decades in Baseball Canada, is one of the thought leaders in long-term athlete development, and has just released his new book, Team Chemistry, 30 Elements for Coaches to Foster Cohesion, Strength and Communication Skills, and Create a Healthy Sport Culture. Let's do it. Stick around. It's coming up right after this on Crush Performance. Find out what it takes to be a top performer. Get the Crush blog, podcast, and newsletter at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Today, we are pushing you towards that win column as we get back into our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance. A fantastic conversation coming up here. If you do want to reach out to us, questions? 
comments, smart remarks. We love them all. Or listen, if you have a topic you'd like us to investigate, let us know. We may dedicate a segment or an entire episode to your idea. We've done it in the past. We will do it again. Or listen, if you just need some help, I can't guarantee we'll have the answer. But what I can guarantee is we know somebody that will have the answer or at least somebody who can steer you in the direction of getting your answer. So do not hesitate at all to reach out to us again. JeffCreshell.com is the new website. Lots of great new stuff and new features on the website. Great new ways to communicate and share information. Really, really excited about this and much, much more to come. So stand by for that. All right, let's get to it. We are very happy to introduce our good friend, Andre Lachance, the brand new Director of Human Performance Services for Cirque LA. He's here to talk about that crazy world of performing arts and the incredible athletes that are involved in that show, as well as his new book, Team Chemistry, 30 Elements for Coaches to Foster Cohesion, Strengthen Communication Skills, and Create Healthy Sport Cultures. Andre, so glad you can join us here. Welcome back to Crush Performance. Yeah, how are you? Nice to be with you again. Yeah, to you as well. On a couple fronts here, Andre, some very, very exciting times in your world. Of course, stepping away from Baseball Canada after many years there, contributing to the development of not just baseball in Canada, but sport in Canada. You were a huge, huge contributor to um, Canada's Canada Sport for Life and the Long-Term Athlete Development Program and one of those key players, I think, in the Canadian sporting landscape. Um, and I know that will continue. Uh, I think uh, the the new move here to Cirque Soleil, man. Wow, what a move this is going to be. I've been to a couple shows, Andre, and each time I am just taken back by the athleticism of what these humans can actually do. Exactly, and that's what we try to do here, that we try to elevate the ceiling of everything that we could do so we can uh, always uh, uh, impress uh, the public that are comes to watch the shows uh, wherever we are in the world because you are everywhere on the planet, as you can imagine. So it's pretty amazing to see them at, at work here, at training here in Montreal at the headquarters of Cirque um, and to be uh, surrounded by an awesome group of acrobatic coaches, artistic coaches, and, and the, the rest of the team here that works with, that works with me. Oh, man, this is human performance at its very finest with a twist as well, because this is truly entertainment. You know, um, these these athletes or performers are performing as much or more than any professional athlete on the planet. It's got to be amazing, an amazing task just to keep this thing running smoothly. Well, you know, you, you learn at school that, uh, you know, in sports, we try to aim for a specific moment in the calendar where you want the athlete to be at its best physically, technically, tactically, mentally for a performance, let's say the Olympic Games or whatever it is, depending on the sport. Um, well, here it's totally different. So there's no set days for best performance. You got to be at, almost at your best every single day uh, of, of, um, uh, of, of, your, of your calendar. But what I've discovered is that some of those uh, performers are going to be on stage 450 times a year. So can you imagine? So if you if you look at the number of days there are in a year, if you don't remember, it's 365 or 366. So it's more sometimes than more than once a day that they have to be uh, on stage performing like really, really high and, and sometimes highly risky acts on, on, on stage or wherever they are performing. So that you can imagine that, um, the, the, the challenge for us is to optimize performance, manage uh, recovery, and making sure that our, our artists, athletes are durable 
so they can perform in the long, uh, over the long, a long period of time. So it's really challenging, it's really exciting to be in that type of environment. And as you mentioned, those are some of the best uh, artists, athletes that I've seen in my in my life. Oh, my goodness. Struggle with Andre Lachance, the uh, very newly appointed director of human performance services for Cirque Soleil. Andre, um, I have one word. Insanity. Insanity. 450 uh, shows uh, a year. You know, we talk about professional sports. And of course, you know, our background in baseball, you and I both are very, very familiar with the taxing schedule of professional baseball. What I feel is probably one of the most grueling um, um, competitive schedules in all of sport. Forget that noise. I've just got a new number one. It's the Cirque Soleil schedule. <laughs> it is 450 yeah. plus um, shows a year. That What an incredible challenge that is. It is. And, and you know, for, for me and for the team here, um, knowing that fact, we realize that we need to be better at um, training our artists so they can do more than one thing during the course of a show. So, Sometimes they could give a break to someone else. Um, so that, that's managing recovery. And I think this movement will come to sports sooner than we think. Um, probably, um, probably in baseball sooner than other sports because of the, the, the load, um, the workload that is associated with the calendar. And we're starting to see it also. I don't know if you noticed, Jeff, but we're starting to see more and more multi-positions athletes in baseball. And I think that's going to be uh, trending over the next couple of years. I know some organizations that I've talked to are putting a, a, a bigger premium now on, on multi-positions athletes. And I think that's going to be something we're going to see more and more because when you can move um, around the diamond from third base to shortstop to second base to first base, I'm thinking like a DJ LeMayu, for example, with the, with the Yankees, um, that type of athlete can give uh, another one a break. And uh, like instead of having only a day of break during the course of, of the week, if you have a, a second second break during the course of a week while your collective um, uh, level of uh, of performance remain the same or, or close to remaining remaining the same. I think I think it's going to be a, a game changer for many organizations. Yeah, and I like that whole concept. That's depth, and you said something there: organizational uh, management, and and this this really does bode well for our conversation this year, Andre. You know, every single year we have a theme to the show. And this year's theme is organizational and team performance. And I, and I love what you said here in 2019 in baseball, you're so right. We saw more players play three positions or more over the course of the season than we've ever seen before in the history of the game. So I agree with you. It's definitely trending. And I think that has a lot to do with our understanding of athlete management and sort of this new age of really trying to um, um, manage readiness, but also really, really attack injury prevention. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. And I think, you know, every time there's a, there's a trend in professional sport, you see that trend coming down to amateur sport as well. So if, um, if playing multi-position becomes a higher value for Major League Baseball organization or any sport organization moving forward, um, then coaches will start coaching differently and will start to implement practices in place where athletes could be exposed to other positions or they're not, they're not uh, um, exposed to only one position early in the process. I know we've been talking about uh, early specialization for being able to play multi-sports and develop physical literacy, but we've often uh, forgot that within one 
fourth, you could be only playing one position. So we're seeing, like I said, we're seeing that trend changing. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of the time for sure. Yeah, and I think that's great, Andre. And uh, Shohei Otani, I think, is one of the poster boys for that very movement. I love the idea of players for as long as possible in their baseball careers or whatever sport they're playing, playing multiple positions within their sport. Of course, multiple sports, as we talk about. But I think for the coaches out there, it's really, really important to diversify diversify your 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 players by by getting them to play and learn other positions in the game. Such an important role, and and that just makes me think of your new position with Cirque Soleil, man. Again, I've been to a couple of the shows, and the diversity of the abilities in these athletes, the range is just incredible. So I imagine um, you are getting very challenged with with all the different demands on these athletes because there's so many different things going on in these shows yeah and you and you can tell by the level of the acts that we've had over time for example we if some of you have seen uh, allegoria is one of the um, one of the the, the the masterpiece of circle over time like we have a clown act at some point but that that act has evolved over time while now the clown is also doing tumbling so we could not have imagined in the past having a clown doing tumbling. So <laughs> there are four now. So if, 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 a, if a clown wants to be on one of our show, that person has to do more than, than, doing, than being a clown. It has to be something more, a little bit more physical because the ceiling is going higher. So now when we cast people to, to, do, to be a clown on a show, that person has to do, to, to do tumbling. So that tells you that each and every one of those acts in shows are evolving over time. So that's pretty exciting. Hey, Andre, um, listen, you've got me thinking about so many things here. First of all, I don't think I've really said here, congratulations on the new, the new position, but, but I'm actually really excited for you, but I'm also excited because you're there now. I'm excited for that industry because I, I know you are going to be a, uh, uh, a thought uh, provoker and uh, a game changer for that industry. And, you know, we were just talking about baseball and how in major league baseball, we're seeing multi-position athletes becoming more and more popular. You're right. There is going to be a trickle down effect here. Um, I was surprised in, in a visit with you a couple of years ago, I was really surprised to learn more about the, the circus schools. People who are going to these schools, young kids are going to these schools I'm sort of, uh, you know, I'm connecting a few dots here and thinking, boy, oh boy, wouldn't it be great to be having this kind of a conversation with the instructors at these at these circ schools, these circus schools? So the culture is actually changing. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And and you know, when you talk about circ, you look at everything that people can do from juggling to trapeze and all those. Like, there's no other. There's no better. I think. Uh, life schools or physical literacy, literacy school as, as cert because you do everything. So that's, that's the cool part of it. And once everyone realizes that we're all in it together to develop that physical literacy, it's not, it's not only the responsibility of cert and those type of activity to, um, uh, to develop it. But I think in our roles as coaches, regardless of the sport, we do have a role to play in developing physical literacy because at the end of the day, at the end of the journey, uh, we want our people to be more durable human beings, more confident, um, uh, more motivated in order to be active for a longer period of time. So we, we need to be able to accept uh, 
being uncomfortable sometimes in order to get some positive outcomes from from being part of something that like I'll give you an example I I, I just had a, a conversation with makeup this morning and the lady invited me I said why, why don't you come with an artist next week to 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 learn about makeup I said sure I'll go you know I have no no knowledge about that but that's kind of the mentality that we need to have in sport to get out of our comfort zone and and to learn something that's going to be uh, useful for something else um so that that's why I like this environment here it's all cross uh, functional and and collaborative and I think that there's a lot that sports can learn from uh, the circus environment so yeah yeah, no, no, exciting, exciting stuff. We're talking with Andre Lachance, the director of human performance services for Cirque Soleil. Well, Andre, we know um, you're not one to sit still. You're not one to uh, uh, sit down and be stagnant. So along with this new transition into this new job, uh, which was obviously quite an exciting time, you also are getting set to launch your new book, Team Chemistry, 30 Elements for Coaches to Foster Cohesion, Strengthen communication skills and create healthy sport cultures. This I'm pretty excited about, and it goes right into our theme of organizational and team performance. This whole idea of chemistry and team chemistry has been sort of elusive throughout the years. I'm really looking forward to this uh, publication, Andre. Well, we're looking forward to it as well. The book is set to be uh, officially released on April 19th. Um, It was our little pandemic project. Uh, that, that we put in place. And, and basically what the reader will find in, in the book is, um, is, is lots of things. But let me get back to the foundation of it. So when we look at team chemistry, we thought about chemistry at school, where I was not very good at. But the thing that I remember is that, you know, everyone remembers the table of elements. And we kind of took that table of elements uh, shrunk it a little bit, so from 100 over 100 elements in the real one, we we brought it down to 30. So at the start of the book, the reader will see our table of elements, and each of those elements are linked to better team cohesion, team chemistry, and each of those squares in the the table is a chapter. So there are 30 chapters in the book. Um, and then our goal was try to come up with, um, it's not a recipe, but ideas, uh, mainly for sport coaches, to build that team chemistry that we hear all the time. You know, uh, like every coach is, is talking, oh, I don't have enough chemistry in my team. I have good chemistry and so on and so forth. So we thought about, okay, what defines it? What we think makes sense to, uh, to spend time on as a coach? Uh, in order to uh, to bring your team to the next level, so that's kind of how we built it. It's it's a book you can read. You can start a chapter in the in the middle if you want, and and you won't lose track. Um, it's kind of a modular approach. Uh, so we're really happy about it. Uh, really happy to share uh, stories and some key principles with uh, with uh, with the readers. Hey, Andre, I love this whole idea. Team chemistry has been one of those elusive things that we really, I think, maybe don't understand, or maybe there's a lot of misnomers out there about what it's all about. Hey, what are some of the things you learned as you guys tackled this book and started putting it together? uh, And you and I have talked about this for years, chemistry and putting together, you know, performance units and teams and just creating that sort of environment, right, where where athletes at any level can just enjoy sport, but prosper and get better. Uh, first off, I'll probably say this book is for anybody involved, not just in sport. I'm sure this will have implications well beyond sport to team management and business and, and beyond. 
Uh, but as you guys went through this, what are some of the revelations you had as a sports scientist and sport researcher into, into, into the whole concept of team chemistry? So, um, so, so the, my co-author, J.F. Menard, is the high-profile, is a former student of mine first, and he's also a, a, a high-profile mental preparation coach, like dealing, working with Damon Warner, um, our decathlon Olympic champion, uh, Michael Kingsbury, that we've seen at the Olympics as well, Laurence Bernier-Tablis, our NFL superstar, and many others as well, Scott Moyer, who won a medal at the Olympics as well. So, so we, it's really highly connected with high-performance athletes. And I bring me. I bring more than the, the, the connection with uh, with uh, a little bit more academic academics, uh, trying to look at what research has told us over time and how we can employ it, like uh, use it in practice. So it's a good collaboration that way. And one thing that I can give you a little teaser. For example, one one of our elements is oops, uh, in the sense that oops moments like mistakes that you do. Uh, so we make a mistake, like how you deal with mistakes, and we found out that. When you deal well with mistakes, when you celebrate mistakes, when you find more opportunities to, you know, opportunities to make mistakes and you don't take yourself too seriously, uh, it brings a, be- a better vibe in, in your team. So therefore, uh, we're giving uh, practical strategies to coaches uh, while reading the book about how can you implement a culture in your team to, to have more oops moments and to share those oops moments during the course of, of your season with your athletes. So it's not, so, so you create an environment where taking more risks is okay. Failing is okay because we know that failing is associated with learning. So if we all embark into that journey of taking more risks, failing more and finding more opportunities to fail more because this is how we learn, then we all get better together as a group. So that's one little teaser about how we approach the book, how we approach learning, how we approach working together as a group in order to optimize performance. Yeah, and I like the idea, you know, we talked earlier about that trickle-down effect, you know, taking some of the things that we do at the highest level, and they do trickle down to influence the developmental ranks. And I could only wish that here because I think if we can make uh, concepts like that, oops, concept that oops element uh sort of the way to operate in youth and developmental sport we're going to have way way more retention kids are going to enjoy sport more and i think coaches will probably enjoy it more as well so i i'm really looking forward to the influence potential influence here down to the developmental levels but without question um the implications here uh apply to the highest levels of performance anywhere we go you know we had a great conversation with chris woodward uh, a year ago in 2019, just before the 2019 season, just about, you know, what his plans were for the Texas Rangers. He's the manager of the Texas Rangers, of course. And he talked a lot about, you know, failure and embracing failure and how powerful it is when players and mm-hmm. athletes are not afraid to fail, when they embrace it and learn how to learn from it. He said, you know, I think, you know, things get things get really, really powerful when you're not afraid to fail. And that, that comes from the coaches and leadership more often than not. Exactly. Totally right. And, I, and I'm glad others are, are saying the same message um, because like we believe this is one of the uh, ingredients to uh, collective success. No doubt about that. Yeah. Great stuff, Andre. So, um, you know, I, I was really uh, excited to see that you um, uh, teamed up with JF. We've of course been following him for years. 
I have not talked to him personally, but he has got a really, really cool approach to high performance sport uh, uh, from what I understand. Yeah, for sure. Like he's a, he's a highly practical guy like, uh, like I am. Uh, so that's why I think we're, we're a good match when it, when it was time to uh, sit down and, and write that book together. Um, so coaches, by reading the book, will, will get really like applications, things that you could use tomorrow morning at your next practice. So that's, that's, I think, the beauty of the book. It's not concepts that are highly uh, academic. As you say, well, I can't apply that. It's really, really practical strategies that any coach at any level uh, could use, for sure. Ah, so great, Andre. The book is available on Amazon. It's called Team Chemistry, 30 Elements for Coaches to Foster Cohesion, Strengthen Communication Skills, and Create Healthy Sport Cultures. Everybody can get it. It's available now, isn't it, Andre? Exactly. Already available on Amazon and Bigo as well. Uh, so it's uh, easy, easy to pick up. Excellent, Andre. Well, hey, listen, congratulations on the new position. Congratulations on the book. We're going to get our hands on it here. And once I get through it, why don't we have you and maybe even a JF on on again to do a little roundtable yeah. and we'll dive. We'll do a deep dive into it and, and, and really uh, get people uh, fired up about the power of team chemistry and also empowering them to understand it better. Let's do it. Oh, that sounds great. I can't wait for that, Andre. Listen, thanks so much for your time today. And I'm really looking forward to having you back on to break down that new book. Thank you, sir. Until next time. Okay. How about that conversation with our good friend, Andre LaChance? Listen, how about that? Leaving Baseball Canada, stepping into the new role of director of human performance services for Cirque LA. Did you guys hear how many performances they will potentially do every single year. We thought the Major League Baseball schedule was bad. <laughs> it's got nothing on Cirque Soleil. When it comes to truly tapping into team and organizational performance, there is a lot to unpack in this conversation, and we're going to do that right after this. Stick around, everybody. Get the Crush blog, podcast, Twitter, and Facebook links at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Hey, you want to reach out? Do so. JeffCrushell.com is the website. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush, and you can search us out at Crush Performance on all other social media platforms. All right. We just got off an unbelievable conversation with Andre Lachance, formerly of Baseball Canada. He was the director of business and sport development and also the head coach for the women's national team for decades involved with Baseball Canada. He's also one of the thought leaders on the great Canadian long-term athlete development program. And he's also one of the reasons that everybody kind of looked to Baseball Canada first to see what they were doing, to set the trends and see if anything cool was going on because Andre would initiate a lot of that stuff. Well, he's now been stolen away. By one of the greatest organizations, I think, on the planet, entertainment or athletic-wise, one of the most incredible organizations out there, Cirque Soleil. He is now the newly appointed Director of Human Performance Services for Cirque Soleil. And what an important role that is. Did you guys happen to catch wind of how many appearances some of those performers could actually get involved in over the course of a year? Now listen. Major League Baseball is, I think, beyond a doubt, up until now, I think, one of the most grueling, competitive, performance, sporting schedules out there. I think we can all agree on that. NFL, cakewalk. NBA, difficult, but not as difficult as Major League Baseball. And the NHL, well, even though it's a grueling, hard-hitting sport, the number of games they play per week over the course of the year, nothing like baseball. 
162 games in what is it now? 182, 83, 84, 85 days with the expanded uh, rest days that they put in there, right? It's a grueling, grueling schedule. But how about this? The Cirque performers. Some of the Cirque performers will put in 400 to 450 performances over the course of a year. How is that possible? And isn't it interesting, something that Andre said, talking about organizational and team performance-wise, how they're now working to create a, a depth to their talent pool. So some of these performers can actually have off days and get away and help recover more. Because that's one of the things that's really challenging Cirque Soleil right now is the health and recovery of their athletes. Even though they might not be p- performing you know, their big you know, high trapeze or dangerous acts every single night, they're involved in the show in some degree. Some of the performers will have secondary roles outside of their main performance. And if you've ever been to a Cirque show, man, this is not easy stuff. This is world class performing arts. These are unbelievable. Maybe as Andre said, some of the most incredible athletes on the planet. We're talking about Olympic-esque style performances, 450 days of the year. And you can't make a mistake because some of this stuff, there's no nets. We're going to post a little link to a short video that really does sort of summarize the incredible talent associated with a Cirque show. And if you've never been to one, you know, they have these traveling shows that go to community, community. I would strongly suggest that you that you really do take in one of those shows. You can watch them online as well. And they're 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 great to watch online, but it's not the same as being there in person because there's so much so much depth to the shows. There's so much going on at one time in these shows. You could be looking all over the place and you could probably go to the show 10 times and see a new show 10 times because it's absolutely incredible. So we're gonna be really excited to follow Andre through his new role with Cirque Soleil, but even more interesting is his new book that is now out. You can get it on Amazon and wherever fine books uh, are are sold. It's called Team Chemistry, 30 Elements for Coaches to Foster Cohesion, Strengthen Communication Skills, and Create a Healthy Sport Culture. Listen, could there be anything more in line with our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance? Absolutely not. And one of the things that Andre mentioned there when he dropped sort of a, a preview to the book is they kind of took the periodic table. And they broke it down to 30 key elements that could be associated with fostering and developing good team culture. And one of them was the concept of oops, creating a culture that embraces and embodies failure, learning from failure. Can you imagine? You know, again, I mentioned it to Andre there, but we had a conversation with Chris Woodward, the manager for the Texas Rangers here a couple of years ago. If you get a chance to go back, that is probably one of the premier organizational and team performance conversations we've ever had on the show. And there's been a, a a number of unbelievable ones, but that conversation with Chris Woodward was just a schooling. I know baseball executives were listening to that conversation uh, because it's just so powerful. And, you know, one of the things that Chris Woodward said to us was, you know, if you have a, a team of players that aren't afraid to fail, things get really, really dangerous. Now, there's a lot of things that have to go on around that, but that is a huge, huge stepping stone. And again, one of the reasons we're watching the Rangers with great, great interest here is they sort of embark on a new era in their organization. And Chris Woodward's a driving force there, make no mistake. But it all comes under this whole idea of creating these cultures. In Andre's book, 30 Elements for Coaches to Foster Cohesion, Strengthen Communication Skills, and Create Healthy Sport Culture, I think it's going to be a great addition to any coach's reading lineup. You know, this whole idea of communication skills, 
it is a constant theme when we're out there looking at successful cultures and successful organizations and teams. There is an unbelievable level and a real deliberate attempt to pay attention to the details of communication. It's a it's an it's an art form, but it's something that can truly be controlled and developed. It it could be applied to business, schools, relationships, families. I think we can confidently mark communication as one of the foundational building blocks of successful organizations. And whether that organization is your family, your business, your classroom, your team organization, communication skills are one of the first things I think that need to be addressed if you're really going to attack it. What a fantastic conversation. I want to thank Andre Lachance for joining us today. And I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on his book so we can have him on again to break it down in detail for you. Order it. It's online now. It's called Team Chemistry, 30 Elements for Coaches to Foster Cohesion, Strengthen Communication Skills, and Create a Healthy Sport Culture. It can happen at any level of sporting development. Make, make no mistake. Coming up next week, I'm really excited to continue this discussion, to continue our look into our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance. And I am fired up for next week's show. With the start of the Major League Baseball season as well, I'm really excited to talk with former Major League Baseball executive, three-time executive of the year, Dan Duquette. He's the founder of Dan Duquette Consulting. We're going to be talking to him about leadership and getting an organization together and pointing the direction that that organization is going to go. Nobody better, I think, to talk to than Dan Duquette on this. It's going to be a really big show as we continue our look into our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance. Again, I want to thank Andre Lachance for joining us, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in. That'll wrap it up for this week. Get out there. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. Have a little fun. Get better. And we'll talk to you right here next time on Crush Performance. Remember, we're here to help you think like an athlete. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Boy, oh boy, is he a good man. Really good dude. I thought he was, and then I met him, and we did this podcast, and bam, just like I thought. I'm talking about the former Oakland A's pitcher who pitched a perfect game in the big leagues coming up on the anniversary here. Dallas Braden, when you look back on your career, you had to cut it short at a young age because of the injury. How do you look? I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, oh, my God, a little bitter. You know what I mean? How do you look back on it, Dallas? This game of baseball has blessed me beyond measure. I have the opportunity to continue to watch the game, to be around the game, to have awesome conversations with guys like you. There's no way I could ever wake up and be bitter about where I'm at or what happened to me. And, you know, there, there's, there's a sense of pride in that. I didn't, you know, it's not like I, I drank my way out of the game or partied my way out of the game. I, I wasn't terrible and just couldn't get a job anymore. Like none of that happened. My body physically failed me. My arm fell off and I was, you know, sure. I was, I was just getting better. I was just getting started really. Um, but, but knowing that I was going to have the opportunity to take care of my grandmother, and give her the life that she deserved, a life without any sort of pressure or anxiety. You know, the tax man, he doesn't take a break. He comes calling each and every year. Uh, and for her to just live with a sense of freedom the way that I feel she's supposed to have lived her life, th- that is 
the most important thing to me. And, and now I have the, the chance to continue to provide that for my wife and for my two girls with one on the way. So baseball blesses me every single day I open my eyes. There's no way I could possibly show up to the ballpark with an attitude. The Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.